Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. So if you can go ahead and stand to your feet before we head into worship. Um, and I'm just, personally speaking, I'm really grateful um, to be here this morning. Um, life has just been really crazy, and I think we can all identify and attest to that in our own way. And to be here this morning and just to feel like this, is, it's almost like a safe place to just exhale and just to let it all rest. And to feel like you can come before the Lord with your brothers and sisters in Christ and um, declare the truth of who God is and who his nature is and who his character is. And to know that he is going to be faithful and sovereign to walk and act in his character. Um, and so I'm going to read this and pray us into worship. Psalm 45, 10 through 17 says, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor, your favor with gifts, the richest of the people. All glorious is the princess in her chamber with robes interwoven with gold. In many colored robes she has led to the king with her virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter into the palace of the king. And the place of your fathers shall be your sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore nations will praise you forever and ever. So Lord, we just come before you and I thank you as I prayed this morning um, earlier. I thank you that you have come before us. That really we are coming into this space and we are meeting you because you are already here. And so I just ask that we would allow our thoughts, our heart, our mind, our spirit to just rest for a moment and to recognize that we are in the presence of our King. And I thank you that just as true as it is that every nation is going to worship and praise your name, it is also true that in the midst of our trouble and in the midst of our circumstances, you are king. 
and those troubles will end and they will find themselves worshiping and exalting your name. And so I just ask that you would come and that you would um, stir up encouragement in this place for our hearts. I ask that you would come and that you would allow us to exalt your name and to say, I don't see these truths, but I know that they are true. And so I will declare them until I see them. You are good and you're faithful and you are sovereign and you are worthy of our praise. And so in one accord, we lift your name high above every other name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, one of the most beautiful gifts of this walk with you and this daily choosing to follow after you and in your footsteps is that at the end of the day, when nothing else has worked, we are not alone. And you are with us. And there is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on along the way. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for sending your spirit as our comforter and as our guide and as our advocate. And let us rest this morning in the knowledge of your infinite love in this truth that we are not alone. Thank you for all that you made possible with your incarnation and your boundless love. We have hands open this morning to receive more from you, more of your affirmation, more of your love, more joy, more peace. Give us an abundance that we might share with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to pull up the scripture and jump right into that, okay? So if you could pull up 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you guys want to open your Bibles, um, I'm going to read this first really quickly today. Let's all collectively just breathe out, kind of away from somebody. So just on the count of three, let's just, we just want to be present right now. We want to be present in this word. We want this to not be the time we try and rush through. We don't think that the songs were more important than this. We think that it's all important. We know that we need to live in these. We want to teach our families, our kids, the adults that haven't understood how important it is to live in the word. We want it to be that important so it's more than just a part of service. So, Father, help us to be present as we read your word. Because your word is alive. It's not just factual. It is important because it is you, Jesus. And not just the red letters, but all of it. So today as we read this, we ask that you would be with us and guide us. In your name we pray. Amen. Alrighty. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At, the t at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. Now the boy Samuel, I'm sorry, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Notice already with this, though, the older man, Eli, was lying in his own place. And the boy, Samuel, 
was lying in the temple with God. All right? You don't, might not pick that up right off the bat, but two different places. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't, didn't call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, in probably kind of an annoyed night voice, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. It's the boy again. He did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he's just hearing a voice and thinking it's got to be the human, correct? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli kind of wakes up, not just waking up, oh. And he perceived that the Lord must have been calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went to lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. A lot has just happened, by the way. Like a lot has just happened. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever. It's hardcore. For the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and did not he did not restrain them. Now remember, just for some... The person who just showed him how to hear God is who God is telling him this is about to happen to, right? A little bit of a weird, a little bit of a weird mentoring thing happening. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquities of Eli's house shall not be atoned for or sacrificed or offering forever. Samuel lay until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. Of course, like, yeah, it's awful. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. It's a lot of humility in that, just looking at it. You know, it's Eli's receiving this news. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord, and the Lord appeared, to, appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. A lot is happening there. Pause break, though. This is our second pot. And if you're new here, what is a pot? Prayer of the season. We have three of them right now that we just feel like our church should rally around. It's taken from Revelation 5.8. There's bowls in heaven being filled with the prayers of the people. We believe it's important to pray together. And so last week we preached on creating space for spiritual formation. You cannot, you cannot grow without being formed by the Lord in his presence, becoming like Christ in character and conduct. And then the second one would be student ministry, and it would be specific because we're on the precipice of needing 
God to do some things. And then the third one next week is generosity with our time and resources. I want to read you student ministries pot, though. They're on these sheets that are all over the place, and there is a magnet on the back so that you can put it on your fridge, okay? I'm ringing real bad, but it doesn't bother me. If it bothers any of you, forgive me. It's probably my fault for it happening. I don't really know. Um, I'm going to read this to you. Student ministry. Pause here, though. I love when the Lord does little things to show you that he is with you and guiding you. And I'll give you a for instance. So I was a youth pastor for 10 years. And we've had random people come to our service that were part of our youth ministries before. But today, on the day we're speaking in the part of youth ministry, like people from our youth ministry showed up. Not, no idea we were doing this, right? You didn't come because we were doing this, did you? So could you just do me a favor and stand if you were part of the youth ministry we were, we were in? crazy so the, and this isn't even the like a team this is like i'm just kidding no these guys were legit very i'm proud of you guys actually um but today it's just neat right like just god affirming i feel like he does that with us a lot he affirms especially around these pots where we seeking and give him space to speak first before we do our things um, i just love that he has his hands on he, he evidently wants youth to grow he evidently wants us to love them well. He evidently thinks that they're important, right? Like, we would be silly to think that he didn't. And so we feel like we want to honor that. And going into this next season, they're going to be a priority for us. And we're going to take some brave steps, and we're going to mess up. And some of you are going to step into ministry for the first time around students, and you're going to feel like you're not equipped. And you're going to feel afraid because teens are horrifying. I mean, they're horrifying. And... Being a youth pastor, they're also the best thing in the world. Some of the most awkward things that ever happen in life are around a teen. If you want to have the strangest conversation of your week, find a 6th or 7th grade boy and just ask any normal question. Any question. And it will happen. You're going to be shocked. Um, think about it. Think about when you were 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Think about who you were. Think about you at that time. Here's the things that I know about people that age. It's probably, I think, the most difficult time to be alive in life. It's the most formative time. It's by far the most insecurity I ever felt in a season was easily from six, all that. It's, it's the scariest season relationally. It's also the season where your body starts to do things. You're like, what is happening over here? You start to become attracted other people, you don't know how to handle it at all because you didn't take a course on it. You're just, oh, they're pretty. They're attractive. What should I do? I should probably make fun of them. <laughs> that's, that, that's all of us at sixth grade. That's every one of us. And that's like the good version. And then you think about the seriousness of that age bracket. The things that happened during that age for some of us are some of the things that need the most healing. Think about it. Like, I still need prayer around some of the things that I did to other people in that age bracket. Incredibly harmful. I still am embarrassed to tell stories like middle school stories, the, the, the stories that harmed you. I had a situation once where I was playing basketball in a gym. <laughs> this could go anywhere. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up, it was a three-point contest, and it was like the whole school, and I was one of the top final four and my friends in the audience, that was full, 
thought it would be funny to start chanting, Josh, go home. And it picked up in the whole gym. Started As a like, young kid, I was like shooting threes, trying not to cry. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Literally to like four or five years ago, I couldn't even talk about that. Like, here's the funny thing about that story. Every one of us have something like that that impacted us in a way that you're like, and those people are still alive, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. They're still here. They don't, they don't just disappear. They're just, it's just they're ours now to decide how will we love these people. I've, that's why, I, Principal of Campbell High School, thank you. I'm honored to walk with you. It, it makes me happy that we get to walk with you and partner with you, and you're doing real ministry. That's the most formative time in people's lives. Teachers in here, thank you so much. Um, it's awkward. It's hard. I mean, some of the prayers that I prayed with people at altars and youth ministry are some of the craziest things you've ever heard. We've prayed for people who have walked through things that no one should ever walk through as a sixth grader, seventh grader. We've walked into homes with kids that you would never think that that should be happening. We've talked to parents who are just, they're teenagers as well. Like, they're just in bigger bodies and they're older, but they're still also sixth graders. Like, and so are all of us. We're all teenagers just farther along and don't make it look like we are. That's what happens in life, actually, as you get older. You're still a sixth grader, but you're in a 50-year-old body. So for us, right, like, it's important, right? Close your eyes with me, if you will. Imagine you, yourself, in that age bracket. Who were you? What were you? What were you doing? And don't think too much. Just what comes to mind. Are you in middle school, high school? Are you with your friends on a sports team? Are you getting made fun of? Are you making fun of? Are you insecure? Gosh, I was so insecure. I still fight it. But man, the roots of it started there. Are you angry? Are you not a good student? Are you a great student? Now just think. You're there with your eyes closed. Imagine a community of people that no matter what you did would love you. That you. And some of the things that you did to harm people, imagine that community coming around you in that season and not running from you, but being even closer to you. Imagine when that happened with your family, because that happened to all of our families. Imagine a community of people that cared about you so much that they were present, even to the point of tears. You could cry in front of them. Imagine at the darkest times in your life when you felt like you had no one, all of a sudden there being someone near you, present with you. Imagine you, imagine what kind of an impact that would have had on you today. Imagine where you would be today. And some of you have it, some of you don't. Imagine if someone stepped in and called you when you were crying, called you when you were sad, or when you broke up with your third girlfriend that week. Imagine if that community was around you. So today, Father, you've entrusted us with youth and teens and awkwards and changers, and puberty dwellers, and we want to love them so well. They're not secondary, they're not leftovers, they're not to be put in another room to stay out of our business. They are in our midst and always shall be, and we want to show them with our examples how to become like you in character and conduct, to be loved and drawn by you, to hear you speak to us. You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you before you ever do anything. That's our prayer over these teens. In Jesus' name, amen.
So, 1 Samuel 3. It is interesting that at the beginning of the story, they're in two places, and the older male, who can't see anymore, who's lost his sight, is in his own place, and the younger one is in the temple, worshiping the Lord, whom he hasn't even heard yet. And it takes three times for Samuel to hear a voice and have no clue that it could be God and run to a guy. And on the third time, having Eli perceive, oh my gosh, God is speaking to Samuel. And then showing Samuel, here's what's happening, right? Like, that's God. And here's what I probably would have done in that setting. Here's what God's trying to say to you. This is not what Eli does. He doesn't say, here's what God's trying to say. He doesn't try to become the the mediator between. He says he trusts enough that God can speak to Samuel, that he gives him a space to hear, even as a young kid. And so he sends him back and he says, listen, if it happens again, ask him. What do you want? Like, who knows what a teen's going to say? God told me to buy a thousand gumballs. Like, no, he didn't, but all right. Like, we want, we want to already doctor our kids so much and get them to a spot where they can hear. Here's a huge Jesus bomb for all of you to know. God is already speaking to them. And many of them can actually hear better than many of us. And many of us are actually sleeping on our watch. God, I want you to say that. We're sleeping on our watch in our own space. And there are little Samuels running around wondering, hey, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. I didn't. I'm trying to sleep or fill it with whatever. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to do my job. Like I'm so, so guilty of being that pastor at times where if I could just have one more hour to study. You know, to where my kids now are like, are you, do you need to study all day today? And I'm like, ah, kind of, but no. Like, they're asking questions. They're wanting to know if it's you or if it's God, and they need to know that they can hear him now. You don't have to wait till you graduate. And Eli is humble enough to probably recognize all things are not jiving in my life. Eli is, understands. I, my sons have been blaspheming, and whatever that represents in the New Testament and how that translates through, what I do see in him is humility to let a little boy hear from God and then come back and tell that little boy who does. So second, second loving of an of a Eli to a Samuel is knowing he's scared because he says words like, let whatever he, God told you happen to you if you don't tell me. So he already knows something's coming. So Sam was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to tell you because don't want that to happen to me. But he encourages him to speak the truth even if it's going to hurt Eli. That's, there's, how many leaders do we know like that? I believe you're hearing God better than I'm hearing God right now. So tell me, Josh, God's going to smite uh, your whole generation. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. And somehow in this picture, Eli receives this and is thankful for it. Somehow he's so humble to realize he had been sleeping on the job with his own family. Here's another young boy. Here's someone who can be formed. What is God doing in him? 
So sometimes mentoring and leadership and honoring the next generation is believing God is already speaking and giving space for them to walk through it and not being offended when they tell you what's happening. Every single one of us, when we first really taste the Lord, no, I'm not saying that, I'm not going to generalize that, at least for me, I felt like I had the answer for every older Christian. If you just do this in this setting, if you just stop that, if you just preach a little less, worship a little more, if you just pray a little bit, if you just do this, if you just get a fog machine, everybody would get saved. I actually bought a fog machine and nobody got saved. (laughs) Eli says, how can I help? And he says, go listen. Then he encourages him to say the hard thing, encourages him to be brave. So our notions of what it is to love students well, we have really failed. Now, I'm not saying RCC because we have really haven't had students yet. Church here in America as a whole has really failed because we feel like we're trying to compete with the world. So we try and do it a little better, and they're just better at it. So concerts and fog machines and lights are just better in a better setting. I mean, if that's what we're offering, guys, when they become 13th graders... Why would they stick with us? So it's not for us to compete with this. We're not trying to compete with fog machines and shows and numbers and masses and important people and stages. We're not trying to compete with that. We're trying to walk in what we already have, and it is the best. It is 100% the best, and it's transferable by relationship and time with. That's why he calls himself Emmanuel. He comes to be with us. And so our best, and it's not even combat. We don't have to combat it. If we walk in, Jesus is with me and Jesus will be with you, there's no competition, guys. There's no competing. So we got to stop putting our youth over there and entertaining them for a little bit. They're going to do it better in 13th grade, all right? Don't fall for it. You know us. We don't need the fog machines and the lights and all of that. I've thought that and done that. And forgive me for the youth in this room that I put through that. Because I have. And I thought it was amazing. And it wasn't. Because at the end of the day, they need to know someone loves them and will be with them. And one-on-one is better than a thousand-on-one. Every day of the week. And everybody can do that. Emmanuel, Jesus, I came to be with you. To be with you. Do you want to love teens well? Do you want to love kids well? Do you want to love your family well? Be with them. Be present in their lives. There is no short-term thing. There is no life hack. There is no discipleship program. There is no thing you can send them to to make them all better. It's going to take being with them. He lived with Samuel. He lived there. So these questions happened in the context of life together with this kid, right? So let's not fall for the competition thing. Let's not try and one-up anybody. We're not competing with another church. We're not competing with the, the Atlanta soundstage. What, I don't know. Like, whatever. No? No? It's whatever. You understand what I'm saying? We're not. We have what we need. Even if we're not farther along than the people we're leading, we can point them to God. They can handle deep. This is something you need to know for youth. They can handle the deep We don't have to put it all far away and then they get to 13th grade and they're like, this is the whole life is different than what you just taught me for 12 years. Are we not playing games in church anymore? Are we not playing Foursquare today? Because I got to pick up my kids in a little bit and I'm getting my Foursquare in. Like, 
The real stuff happens in the context of relationship. The word, worship, prayer, and community, like all of these things, these spiritual practices, these disciplines that form us, and we don't have to hide that from them until real life comes. Now is when we start. We want them to understand and speak spiritual language. It starts now. It starts by having your children in the same room on a Sunday morning and them having a little bit of a fight with one another. And I'm sure half of you saw me walk over here and have to like deal with that. I would rather have to deal with that than have to put them in a room and hire some superstar that's going to enamor them with how outgoing they are. And outgoing people are great. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a space. They can have the goods now. Samuel heard better than Eli, clearer than Eli. He had the word to bring healing to a nation. It looked scary, but that actual thing that God did in that was actually bringing healing to a nation. He was bringing healing to a, a situation. The young one had what was needed. Samuel wanted the next generation, Eli wanted the next generation to do more. We don't have to be intimidated by young people. Young millennials are awesome. They are. Like there's, there's all kinds of jokes and I've been at the center of making them. But millennials are, they're awesome. They're going to do more than we ever did. They're going to accomplish more for the kingdom than we ever did. They're just going to go farther. And I want them to. I want to be like Eli in my humility to understand I didn't do everything right. But I'm not going to just because I didn't do everything right hinder you from doing everything right. I want you to go farther. I want every youth in this church or anywhere in our lives to go farther with the Lord, love deeper, accept people better, pour into people more lovingly, not be consumed by this world. I want that more for any of our young people. That's the model that we're learning here from Eli because he wasn't going farther. He wasn't about to become the nation's best prophet. He wasn't about to be renowned. But Samuel was, and he let that happen. But he had to be available to speak into him, to suck up his pride, and realize this kid's actually got some truth. God, how painful would that be? Like, uh, just put yourself in that situation. God's showing up the same place you're at to another person three times. I'd be like, really? I'm here too. Totally here. I'm in my own place. I'm old. I can barely see. I've been here a long time. Why are you showing up for Samuel? Humility. Humility. All right, I'm going to get behind that. I see you working, God. I see that you're talking to these kids. I'm going to get right behind it. And I'm going to foster it. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to create space. That's what we have to do. So today we have kind of a special thing. But I want to ask you a question first. You might be like Eli in this story. You might be like Samuel. I feel like I'm more like Eli, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's good to be honest about that. Really, if the kingdom goes forward, does it have to be through you? Does it, I mean, does the big, awesome, like, does it have to be through you? You might, you might not be Samuel if that's the case. You might not be so hungry for the Lord's presence that it doesn't matter. Like, that's another truth to this passage that I wish I could preach one day, is that if you're in his presence, you will hear his voice. You, you can look through the word. There are seasons where there's a drought of hearing God's voice, and things not good are happening all around. But here, in his presence, and if you commit to going into his presence, you will hear his voice. You might not understand it at first. You might need an Eli. You can be like, somebody just did this something. What is that? Was that you? And it's not even bad to think maybe it's somebody that's a spiritual mentor. As long as they can tell you, no, it wasn't me. I'm not God. So his presence is great. I want our kids to be in his presence. I want our youth to be in his presence. So who's the Samuel in your life? Right now, close your eyes. 
Who is a Samuel in your life that is clueless, doesn't truly know God, but is hungry? Keep your eyes closed. There are Samuels in your life that you don't think God's speaking to because how would God speak to them? They're just messed up teens. They're so clueless about identity. They're so insecure. They don't even know how to act around the opposite sex. They've already done stupid things like all of us have. They need someone in their life to say, I see what's happening in you and I'm here. I'm walking with you. You tell me what you did. I don't care what it is. You have a space. You can be super honest. No matter what it is. We actually, as your eyes are closed, God, we, we want to commit as a church that we won't teach kids that they have to be right before they can be accepted with us, but that we will love kids before like you loved us on a cross while we were trying to kill you. Help us to be that for teens who are clueless on how to be alive. Help us to step in and say, you can share whatever I'm walking with you. I put my arm around you. I love you. Help us to be that. God, if you just put a Samuel on somebody's heart, help them to see how to step into their life. So the challenge for us is this, as we move forward. So this is our pot. You can open your eyes. Our pot is student ministry. So what's about to happen for student ministry here? I'm not going to like make anybody do anything ever here. It's got to be from your heart, and we're not going to twist anybody's arm to do anything. Or why? That's not even worth you doing, right? But here's the things we're about to do. Next month, we're starting middle school ministry every week. And... It's coming, and we need people who will volunteer to help with that age bracket. That is, to me, the scariest group of people on the planet. <laughs> Literally the scariest humans you will ever meet, but also the most awesome and fun and, and cool. So we're starting that next month. Also next month, we're starting back up Campbell High School, where every Thursday night we have a ton of them come here, and we just get to love them and serve them and feed them. So we need people who will step into youth ministry and say, I'll, I'll cook a meal for 60 people one week. That's a lot, right? Like, that's a lot of food. But we're not a mega church, and we don't have a budget like a magic mega church, so we have to have people come around the table and bring stuff. We need people who show up here on Thursday night. We need three or four people who will commit to being chaplains with us for the actual football team. All of you, some of you are being stirred right now. Like, respond. And then high school. We're starting high school. We don't know how yet. But we know that we're working towards that in the next few months, into next year. And so my question for you is, is God touching your heart to be like an Eli for some Samuels that need what you needed when you were that age but maybe didn't receive? But now you have a little more wisdom and knowledge and you've grown in age and stature, so maybe you can just show up and be present with people. Is God asking that from you? If he is then he'll handle all of it. If he's not, then move on. Not from here, but, I mean, <laughs> from these words to the next. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up uh, a space right now just for response. And, but what I do want to do, if, you're, if you happen to be a 6th through 12th grader or a student at all, could you just please stand? Anybody in the room? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I just want to say this to you. I just want you to know this. You're valuable to us. You're not second, and we definitely want to be in your life. And I want to say sorry for the church maybe not coming alongside the way it should have in the past. We want to do it better. We think you're as important as anything in this room. And so if you'll just close your eyes, if you'll just reach your hands towards them, 
Father, these are jewels that have been given to our community. These are beautiful creations that are new in Christ, whether they know that yet or not. These are people who, before they work for you, they will walk in love by you. These are people whose identities are secure. They don't have to fight to become something. You became it for them, and now they can live with you being their identity. So, Father, I do pray that you would fill them, that you would protect them, and more than anything, that they would have a community of people surround them and love them well. We will walk with you, Father. Show us how to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.